What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. So this is the fifth Sunday of Lent. We continue our series on Les Mis, the popular book and musical, seeing how God might speak to us even through popular culture. Uh, Usually Palm Sunday, which is celebrated next week, has two very different moods attached to it. One part is that of the triumphal entry as Jesus enters the city of Jerusalem, held as a prophet and a savior of the people. We're going to get a taste of that early as we listen today to the triumphant revolutionary song, Do You Hear the People Sing from Les Mis? Then we'll explore themes of revolution and crucifixion. Next week, we're going to look at a specific location that shows up in Les Mis and that period of time between the crucifixion and the resurrection, which we'll celebrate, of course, on Easter Sunday. So as we begin, let's hear some of Grace's own sing, Do You Hear the People Sing? Singing the song of angry men It is the music of a people Who will not be slaves again When the beating of your heart Echoes the beating of the drums There is a life about to start When tomorrow comes Will you join in our crusade Who will be strong and stand with me Beyond the barricade Is there a world you want to see Then join the fight that will give you the right to be great song. You can hear the rest of it on Facebook and YouTube after the service. Uh, As we inch closer to Easter, we are going to hear our scripture reading that looks at the moments just before Jesus was executed on a cross. You'll recall that Jesus had traveled the countryside for three years preaching, teaching, and healing people, and then he set his sights on Jerusalem, almost as if he knew he was going to die there. He enters the city with great fanfare, and people greeted him as the Messiah, the one that would save Israel from the Roman Empire. But within a week, he is betrayed by one of his own disciples, Judas Iscariot, and put on trial. This scripture is the end result of that trial. Bob is going to read for us today. He recorded this at his home earlier in the week. It is from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, 1 through 16. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, and the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus went out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters and again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, 
You would have no power over me unless it has been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gathabatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. And he said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answers, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed them over to them to be crucified. And from Romans 13:1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, may we be an inclusive community passionately following Jesus Christ. Open our hearts as we listen for you to speak into our lives today. As we consider what it looks like to bring change into this world, work a change in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The story of Les Mis begins with Jean Valjean, a man jailed for stealing a loaf of bread, but it culminates with the people of Paris rising up to fight tyranny. In the United States, we probably think of the American Revolution and the battles fought for independence from England. But in France, the story is much more complicated. Here's a quick history. France had a king until 1789 when the French Revolution began. They got rid of the king and became a republic like the United States, except that didn't last very long. Napoleon Bonaparte became the emperor of France, and he conquered much of Europe, but France became stuck in perpetual war, and eventually Napoleon was put in exile. Then they brought back the monarchy, back to kings in France, but again, this only lasted for a little while, and our story's climax is all about the fight over whether a king, an emperor, or a president should represent France. Uh, The fighting isn't just about who is in charge, though. It's really about the rights and freedoms and basic welfare of the people of France. Throughout Les Mis, we see a group called the Friends of the ABC. I didn't know this, but that's actually a clever little wordplay. ABC sounds like a French word, which means oppressed. These are the friends of the oppressed, and they don't want the leaders of France to take advantage of them anymore. I imagine many of us can relate to that desire. I have two young boys at home, and when the older one, Davey, uh, yanks a Pokemon card out of his younger brother Hal's hands, he doesn't like that, right? And when Hal chases Davey to get it back, and then Davey wrestles him down to the ground and then sits on his head, we know we have some serious problems on our hands. Hal has experienced a, a tiny taste of oppression. But in the story of Les Mis, oppression is seen most clearly in the actions of the government and the policies they set that favor some and harm others. So when the friends of the oppressed rise up to fight the government, I imagine many of us would cheer them on. Fight, rally the city, gain the power you need to change things and right the wrongs being done. But there's another side to this fight for revolution. Will overthrowing the republic really help the poor? Or will it backfire and losing means even more oppression for these people? 
These are the very real concerns we have to think about before we cheer on anyone who is working to bring a revolution. I know because I love revolution. I love to think of completely new ways of doing things, especially in the church. But changing everything is not always easy, and revolution isn't always the right answer. When Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey on what we call Palm Sunday, it looked a lot like the political statement of the revolutionaries of Paris. Jesus was being proclaimed Messiah and King of Israel. Just like the French who were done with the monarchy, Israel was done with the Roman Empire. We'll get into this more in a moment, but the religious leaders are aghast. Why is Jesus letting these people say these things about him? They should be quiet. Doesn't he know the Roman Empire is going to come and kill us for proclaiming someone other than the emperor as king? They are worried a revolution will only backfire and make things worse. And Jesus doesn't exactly calm their fears. In Luke 19, Jesus replies to them, I tell you, if these people were silent, the very stones would cry out. Jesus is encouraging the people to shout that he is the Messiah. But actually, his response is even deeper than that. I've heard people teach lovely things like, oh, if the people didn't praise God, then even the stones would do it. Or that we should always be on the lookout for opportunities to recognize Jesus as Savior and proclaim that. Now, maybe those things are true in a sense, but Jesus is actually quoting from the Old Testament. Habakkuk chapter 2, it says this, Alas for you who get evil gains for your houses, setting your nest on high to be safe from the reach of harm. You have forfeited your life. The very stones will cry out. Jesus is saying these safe, protected religious leaders in charge of these oppressed people are wrong. They are not leading the people well, and they are in fact part of the problem. So let's just take a moment and look at the different options that were out there. What were the choices people were making in Jesus's time that he's telling these Pharisees they are wrong? One option was the Sadducees. They maintained the temple of God and were willing to sacrifice everything to keep it the way that it was. We would call these collaborators today. They made a deal with the devil and it was clearly wrong. Next were the Essenes. Uh, they were like monks and would go off into the desert. They thought making themselves pure was enough. But the problem is your own purity doesn't make injustice in the world go away. Uh, then there were the Pharisees. They wanted to see the world remade in God's image through reformation. But they did it through the law. And the law was impossible for anyone to fully keep, especially if you were poor. And then the last one were the zealots. Uh, these were straight-up revolutionaries. They wanted to remove the evil empire using war. They're like the friends of the ABC in Les Mis. This is what the religious leaders of Jesus' time were worried about. What if Jesus declares war? What if he fights and we get crushed? But that's not what Jesus does. Each group aspires to something good, and Jesus is most like the Pharisees, seeking to remake the world through reformation, through following God's commands. But none of the methods of these groups will actually get them to the kingdom of God. 
Jesus sides with the oppressed by experiencing oppression himself. He's put before Pilate who asks Jesus, are you a king? And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate doesn't care though. He's just trying to keep things in order and will use brutality if he has to. But after the religious leaders say you have to execute him because Jesus said he is the son of God, then suddenly Pilate is scared. Uh, That was the verse Uh, Verse 8 from today's reading, Pilate was more afraid than ever. I think maybe Pilate finally gets it. They had a very vivid understanding of gods and goddesses back then. So if this person really is a son of God, well, Pilate better watch out. And then he decides to remove guilt from himself by making it the decision of the religious leaders that are there. He literally and figuratively washes his hands of Jesus' death. And the religious leaders whose stated goal is to remake the world in the image of God through reformation and strict adherence to God's law, start crying out, we have no king but Caesar. They renounce God as king so they can kill Jesus. They think they have saved the day by getting rid of Jesus. Well, I don't want to spoil Easter Sunday by telling you how the story ends, but here's a hint. God does the impossible to turn everything on its head. Their blasphemy is God's victory. What they meant for death, God brings for life. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I want to fight for. Not my own way, not just... uh, the things that make things better for others, as important as that is, but for life in its fullness. Revolution is meant to do that. It is meant to free the oppressed and bring life. But I have a feeling war is not the right way. Even collaborating with the enemy to keep the one thing that matters most is not the way. Fleeing to the desert is not the right way. Reformation is the way. Steady progress is the way. Staying committed to what is right and good and true and holy is the way. It doesn't take weapons or betrayal. It takes commitment to the righteous path God has for us. Uh, There's a a great story by Sam Wells about a large field that was next to a, a housing estate that had been fenced off by the county council A local residence had often asked to be able to use the field for sport and recreation, but there was always some excuse the council made to say that it was not possible, mostly referring to all the debris that was there on the field. So one morning, two parents arranged for the children of the neighborhood to clean up the field, and they invited the newspapers to record the event. They didn't tear down any fences, They didn't protest at the local civic hall. They simply dismantled the council's authority through good works. Interestingly, the council soon found the appropriate funds to purchase playground equipment and transform that little park. Now, doesn't that sound like the way the gospel works in our lives? The gospel is not violent. It's not capitulation, and it's not running away. The good news of Jesus Christ is found when the kingdom of God 
is here among us and in us. It's here when we are reformed and when we work to see that same change in others. It happens when the people of grace love others. We see it in the soup ministry that feeds those who are grieving or in need. We see it in the nursery school that gives little ones a huge boost when they enter public school. We see it in our small groups that welcome anyone to be a part of caring communities. We see it in the baptism of a little baby. We keep working to reform not just ourselves, but the world around us. The path forward has changed lives for sure, but not through force. The world is remade through the love of God that never gives up, that never fails, and that always offers hope for a way forward. That, my friends, is a revolution worth fighting for. Amen? Amen. For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.